0: Green Divas and Green Dudes come in many shades of green. Here to help you discover and celebrate your personal shade of green are hosts Green Diva Meg and Maxine Margot, veteran radio chicks who share important news about climate change and the plight of human existence, but somehow manage to make most of it fun and sexy using at least 50 shades of green. Well, hey there, everyone, in podcast land.
1: Podcast land.
0: <laughs> podcast land. Who would have thunk podcasts were even a thing? I know, 10, right? Twenty years
1: ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome to the latest episode of Fifty Shades of Green Divas. I am Green Diva Meg. I'm Green Diva Max. Yes, you are. I am. Last I checked. And here we are at GD Studio P. Yeah, P in New Jersey, standing for... Parsipani. Pars- or Parsipani, depending on you know parsipani I don't know I really it's it's funny how many people from out of the area call it Parsipani and you're like,' <laughs> okay, you're clearly not from the area this is true <laughs> I get Chipaqua <laughs> yo yeah, chapaqua, oh that's right that was a famous that was famous, that was famous one, who yeah. said that
1: uh, um One of the uh, broadcasters had a phone call, Larry King. Oh. And he got a call, and he goes, Hold on, I got a call from (laughs) Chappaqua. You know, and everyone in Chappaqua
0: was going, What the hell's wrong with you, Larry? Larry. Get it right. Get it right. We're going to talk about, you know, Fashion Week. We are doing this episode as Fashion Week is about to happen. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd talk about Fast fashion versus slow fashion. Yeah, It's like fast food versus slow food. What does sustainable fashion mean? It's a huge topic, which, you know, Max did most of the homework on this. And then I had sent her, because we've Mm -hmm. done how many blog posts and episodes on this. I, I barraged her with, links and she came up with a lot of good material so we're going to try to get through as much of it as possible all right so that's before the crows make an
1: entrance out you know they are out the window right ca-caw, now ca-caw. There, there, there's crows and you know <laughs> there's a group counting crows and i, I just and just bringing in that's crows. a good segue I, I i just have to just do i what, was
0: gonna uh, get you there girl i was gonna do
1: it i don't know i i think there's you know i think un 2 trois quatre cinq six but there's only six, ten? and I went oh, to okay. ten. <laughs> You've just
0: shown off your French counting the, skills. Oh, I,
1: I have no French skills, but they, there are crows in France at this amusement park, and their names are Boo-Boo, Bamboo, Bamboo we're going to talk about, <laughs> Bill, Black, Ricole, and Paco.
0: Is recall like recall no
1: it's bricol. Oh okay b everything's uh, b everything's b it's the it's the six six b crows uh and they're uh in that park in in this this amusement park in in France uh grand park uh these these crows are cleaning up the park they're doing what people don't do, pick stuff oh. up. And we they all tr- need a crow or two, don't we? <laughs> well I got a crow. <laughs> that was uh yeah, a song. Uh um, Dumbo? And, I don't know if it was
0: Remember a Remember Dumbo? Dumbo had some crows Dumbo- that gave him a magic feather so he thought he could fly. That's right. But Dumbo didn't need the magic feather as it turned out. And right, because elephants Just saying. elephants when I see an elephant yeah, fly, whatever. oh my.
1: <laughs> so anyway, these 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 crows, um, they do this, this work. They get paid for these the work by getting treats, so they keep coming back. Uh, and it's really, really interesting. Uh,
0: yeah, one, I, I'm, I'm hearing more and more interesting stories about crows and how smart they are.
1: Right. Some crows in this particular study... Um, this was an, uh, from an article in The Dodo. <laughs> of know, course. How could you not of course. Uh, the, uh, A study in June came, came out and shows that some kind of crows even make their own tools and learn how to use them so they can solve new types of problems.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, I was in the Painted Desert by myself. I had was on a trip, mm-hmm. a little vision quest vision of A little vision quest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was traveling by myself, and it was like that. But... It turned out to be really like that. In mm-hmm. the, and in this particular instance, I was by myself in a parking lot in the painted desert, just walking around, wow. going, wow, there's a lot of cool stuff here. Sure. And this raven crow, I don't know, you know, they're related, right? Yeah. It was a large blackbird, came, flew down, and walked alongside me. And, like, looked at me, talked to me. Everywhere I went, it went. I was like my little old friend. Wow. Now, that's, the truth is, it great. probably just wanted to be fed. But was it real? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Or oh, oh, did the peyote do something? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was the post-peyote days. You, you know. You the know, post-peyote days. You don't know.
1: So, uh, anyway, they these these crows, I'm going to have to mention their names again because I love it. Boo-boo, bamboo, bill, black, <laughs> bricol, and baco. Um, they mostly take up cigarette butts, which is like I hope they don't eat them. But apparently, they keep things spotless. And uh, the goal is not to just clear up stuff because a lot of visitors are careful about keeping things clean, except the butts. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but and it is Europe after all. So, but the the president of of the the park uh, told the Guardian. That nature itself can teach us to take care of the environment. And so, that's why they wanted this to be out into the public, you know, It's record.
0: very cool. So what we need to do is get some goats for the grass. Right. Those little cute goats we talked yeah, about. Right, and pajamas. Those, <laughs> yeah, goats and <in> pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> the, and you can do yoga with them. Or spider goats. Yeah. <laughs> and then spider you get goat, some spider crows. Spider goats, <laughs> goes <Goals. laughs> Okay. So, Although go, you know goats and crows probably don't have anything to do with our topic, it I, was an irresistible. Right, we couldn't help we're, it. We're sorry. Sorry. Oh well, it just ha- Hope you has to it. be. That has to be. So what we really want to talk about is clothes, and you know we've become sort of. It's almost like so much of the clothing we buy now is almost disposable.
1: Yeah, throw it away. Right? You know, Mm -hmm.
0: it's like, hey, it's five bucks for this T-shirt. I can wear it three times and feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really a crime because our landfills, and I think we have statistics on this later on that will stun you, how much landfills are filled with the percentage of clothing. So we have to start rethinking all of this fun, fast fashion that we've all become a little addicted to. I'm kind of over mm-hmm. it, Yeah. Well, but, um, there's still obviously too many people that are, like, thrilled to buy 20 t-shirts for five bucks and, right. you know, throw them in the landfill. So we, so we just want to go
1: into a little bit about how, you know, the manufacturing of garments and the disposal of those garments affect how we dress, and basically, if we all wore just birthday suits, would we be better off? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. As a matter of fact... Landfills are loaded with clothing that has become almost disposable. Fast fashion. Eighty-four percent of used clothing ends up in a landfill, and people continue to buy, yeah, 84 84 percent of clothes in a landfill. And people continue to buy this stuff, this throwaway clothes in stores like – and I don't want to bash them, but – Forever 21, H&M, Zara, Topshop, and Walmart more. Walmart and stuff. Yeah, Walmart, Walmart Target, Target. Target. Yeah. Since we're in the French mood. <laughs> uh, cheap, yes.
0: Durable, no. People don't seem to care. Uh, but but we do. We do. And we should. So stay tuned because a lot more interesting stuff coming your way. Want to have a healthier, more eco-friendly Green Diva Kitchen? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. The main characteristics of a Green Diva kitchen are that it produces delicious food, is healthy, eco-friendly, and low stress. Let's start by using more dish towels and cloth napkins because paper products make up one-third of municipal waste. Buying bulk dry goods saves money and reduces waste. Please recycle more. An estimated 80% of what Americans throw away is recyclable, Yet, our recycling rate is only 28%. Consider composting. It's easier than you think, and even if you live in an urban area, there are often municipal composting programs. And, of course, always try to buy local and organic food whenever possible. I'm Green Diva Meg. Listen to over 500 Green Divas podcasts and learn lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com.
1: Fast fashion. Now, the fast fashion industry uh, has been having detrimental ethical and environmental consequences. We kind of spoke about that a bit. So it's important to turn to uh, ethically focused uh, sustainable, and sustainable fashion and things we can do.
0: And it's astonishing how many companies now and how many designers... Uh, leading the pack, like Stella McCartney, for instance. There are right. some really big designers uh, and big companies like Patagon- Eileen Fisher, Patagonia. Patagonia uh, they they try to
1: be responsible and and yeah. and make things that are fair trade. And because in this industry, it's 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 tough. You know, it goes from the this, this clothes get designed, they get made, then the models take them to the runway, uh, then it goes to fashion retailers. And then we can purchase trendy items at cheap prices, you know. We can be consumers. Yeah, I mean, and so, but you can also do things like donate clothes, like to Goodwill. But even they know that these brands of the throwaway stuff uh, won't last, and and there's only 20 percent, they only use 20 percent of what
0: is donated. Really? That's Think about that. I guess like anything with stains on yeah. it or people well, are stupid and put socks or something in there. You but know, some like... of the materials
1: used lately, it's just, you know, the material itself is not lasting and it just, yeah. it's eh. So, so we're using Goodwill and there's other thrift stores. Uh, they donate the cheap throwaway clothes to developing country or countries. And, and those countries are inundated with these clothing castoffs and they can't even use the volume. So they throw it away. You would think you're doing something good. So clothes also get sent to companies that will repurpose items. They use it in insulation for rags, fibers, or other textiles, uh, and they get recycled. But only 0.1% gets turned into new clothes. Yeah, that seems like
0: there should be more, right? I, I, yeah. You, you think you're making all this, you're going through all this trouble, and yet... I'll tell you, one thing that we did a show on uh, was recycled shoes and recycling and upcycling shoes, and mm-hmm. Nike had a huge program. Mm-hmm. You could return, you know, put your sneakers into one of these repository things or mm-hmm. receptacles. <laughs> I'm like, saw- receptacles, I just like saying that word. Receptacles. And- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and they were turning them into playground, uh, ground cover things, and and racetracks, and all kinds of cool stuff.
1: I thought some tires are made of it, too. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Bicycle. I don't know which tires, but anyway, the, going back to the fast clothing, they, it gets worn out. Um, it gets damaged, and it goes out of style because it's like they have a million cycles for clothing. It used to be four seasons. Now it's like 12 seasons. I don't know. Uh, so you get excited about sweet clothing deals, but you've got to keep in mind that a high percentage of these clothes are made in sweatshops where children sleep on the factory floors and work under terrible conditions, and human rights are violated daily. Yeah, they're not sweatshops, people. No. They're sweatshops. Exactly.
0: And they do still exist.
1: And they, they do, and, and we don't know, you know, because we don't get it enough in, in the press uh, that that's, we have to be very conscious of, of what we buy and what we wear and what we own.
0: So, here are some facts about textiles used to make clothing. These are some things that are pretty stunning here. Did you know that more than 15 million Tons of used textile waste. Now, this is used textile waste. This is not clothing. This is, I, I think, right? No? I don't know. Well, it could be a combination. A combination. It's, all right. Is generated each year in the United States, and the amount has doubled over the last 20 years. That's insane. It's mind blowing. In 2014, over 16 million tons of textile waste was generated, according to the U.S. EPA. Of this amount, 2.62 million tons, wow, people, that's not even a quarter. That's a small percentage, like 5%, was recycled. 3.14 million tons were combusted for energy recovery. Okay. That's not, that's okay. Something. That's and 10.46 million tons were sent to the landfill. That's what we were talking about before. That's crazy. An average American throws away approximately 80 pounds of used clothes per person each year? God. That's incredible. Think about that. Yeah, my mind just opened up and plopped out onto the <laughs> me, counter here. Me too. We've got brains
1: on the desk. Okay.
0: So it, 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 And it costs cities $45 per ton to dispose of old clothing. Synthetic clon- clothing may take hundreds of years. You know, like polyester, poly, poly, I'm poly, polyester. And and <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is plastic, basically, so it it can take a long time to decompose. Did you save your polyester today? No, <laughs> no, no. So uh, here's another one: about point one percent of recycled fiber collected by charities and taken back pro- uh, and take back programs is recycled. Into new textile fiber. That's at 0.1%. That's only 0. I mean, so like at first you're like, oh, that's cool, that's happening. Oh, well, that's not it's even barely 1%. Happening. Yeah. It's 0.1%. Yes. It's, it's barely happening, people. My goodness gracious. So consumers are regarded as the main culprit, of course. We are for throwing away their used clothing. Now, I try to give mine away. Me right. Too, but or now- I reuse it. Like I've literally turned things into rags mm-hmm. and gotten the, the most use possible. So consumers are regarded as the main culprit. That's mm-hmm. us for throwing away their used clothing, as only fifteen percent of consumer used clothing is recycled, where more than seventy-five percent of pre-used clothing is recycled by the manufacturers. Interesting. What does that mean? Is that is that sort of like the food thing, where a lot of food that doesn't even make it to the market is already being thrown away? It could be that all their overage. Oh. I would imagine, you it's like know, making too much clothes. Well, make it's too much cloth. I mean, it, it Well, in, you know, it, it used to be, seriously used to be like 100 years ago or so. You would have like one or two dresses and, you know, whatever. You'd have because, like a skirt and a blouse and uh a, a couple pairs of pajamas, socks, underwear. Right. Too many is too many fashionistas now. Oy. Oy. Fashionistas. Oh. Fashionistas. Oy. And the haute couture,
1: you know. I can't even say
0: that. Haute couture. Uh, anyway. So according to Greenpeace, global clothing production doubled from 2000 to 2014. That's only four years that it doubled. The average person buys 60% more items of clothing every year and keeps them for about half as long as 15 years ago. Generating a huge amount of waste. I've become really conscious of this. Part of it is I've changed sizes a few times. Nah. But I keep th- things, you know, that might not go out of style. Me too. In case. Mm-hmm. Just in case I ever get skinny again. But I know You're beautiful. But I know. Thank you. I am. You are. Luxurious. You are. You <laughs> So I, I, here's an example. I have t-shirts from the 80s okay I'm not kidding that are completely intact happy little cotton t-shirts I will get into them again someday or wear them as socks or something (laughs) wear them as socks (laughs) that should be fun (laughs) but I bought a t-shirt I couldn't resist it forgive me I think it was at like Target Target or Mm -hmm. Walmart you know one of those like because it was a fun purpley little v-neck and Mm -hmm. I use it for working out right it is disintegrating it's two years old and It is literally disintegrating.
1: Yeah, I find the same thing. I I can't, you know, you want to buy quality. You want to buy something good. And there are high quality good things, but they cost a lot of money. And and the big thing is, you know, you can't afford, you know, a lot of the stuff is is really unaffordable uh, in in those high-end designers. But if you think about it, you know, And we'll
0: talk about that a, in a bit. Well, and sometimes high-end doesn't necessarily mean durable, but we do have some folks that we would recommend mm-hmm. that will Ab- last longer. Absolutely. So, you know, the average lifetime of a piece of clothing is approximately three years. I don't think the throwaway is three years. Right? I mean, oh, it I, seems like a year. Like, that T-shirt, I'm, the only reason I'm wearing it still, because it's literally shredding, there's huge gaps, holes, and in see-through, by the way, because it's just the cloth is coming apart. Right. I wear it to work out, but right. I can't wear it in public. No. One no. year, one year I had that. Wow. So nearly one hundred percent of textiles and clothing are recyclable. So people need to understand that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe it's an educational curve, and we all need to understand it. Maybe there needs to be more uh, clear way to recycle clothes. Make well, it easier for us. Somehow we
1: have to figure out how to resolve that. But, uh, I mean, th- there's there's a lot of statistics. and And it's the annual environmental impact of a household's clothing is equivalent to the water needed to fill 1,000 bathtubs and the carbon what? emissions from driving an average modern car for 6,000 miles. Think about these stats. It's crazy. If the average life of clothing was extended by just three months, it will reduce by 5 to 10% their carbon and water footprints as well as the waste generation. The recycling of 2 million tons of clothing per year equates to taking 1 million cars from the U.S. This is the U.S. Yeah. streets. People that are obsessed with their cars. And boy, they That's are That's a lot. Yeah. So more than 70% of the world's population uses second-hand clothing, which is good. About 50% of collected shoes and clothing is used as second-hand products. Uh, but meanwhile, 20% is, is used to produce polishing and cleaning cloths for various industrial purposes, and 26% is recycled for applications such as fiber, for insulation of products and upholstery and fiberboard and mattresses. So... Okay. Things are moving. You know, mm-hmm. things are things are doing okay. And and lastly in our in our stats here, the U.S. textile recycling industry removes approximately two point five billion pounds of post consumer textiles each year from the waste stream, and the industry creates more than seventeen thousand jobs. Among the workforce, ten thousand are semi skilled employees employed in primarily primary Processing of used textile, and the remaining 7,000 are employed in the final processing stage. There are more than 500 garments recycling companies. Five, that's in the U.S. You think they may be more? I don't seem to know anything about these. Me, neither do I. And the majority of these companies are owned by small and family businesses who employ 35 to 50 workers. I would hope there'd be more and I would like to know who they are actually. Yeah, and can
0: we make it more prominent and easy to donate our clothes for recycling? Right. Because I do know that a lot of the times I donate stuff. I'm like yeah, some of the stuff's just gonna get thrown. Where's out. it going? Right. right. So in case you didn't know, the fashion industry is recognized as the world's second Largest polluter. I'm not sure was the first energy.
1: I think energy yeah. is. All right. Uh, oh, it sounds God. like it is.
0: And you know, aside from that, as a polluter, you know, synthetic dyes that they're that are being used in many cases, they don't decompose properly. So when you're combining that with all your other synthetic and polyesters, you get you get some really clothing that's not gonna. Decompress, decompose, decomp- <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah,
1: I just a quick thing about that. The dyes that in China, um, and, and this was the gap. The dyes and stuff, or stuff from clothing, was going that they were manufacturing was going into the Yangtze, I think, mm-hmm. and or one of the rivers, yeah. and it turned the water like red. Oh yes, yeah, and, and this 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 um, albino Bahai di- dolphin became extinct because of that. Oh, so and so that okay, people. That's not
0: cool. So dyes and pesticides are released. They're interfering with aquatic wildlife, uh and communities that live near the water. And it's it's just bad. It's just bad
1: people. It's not good. It's just bad. It's 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 hindering animals but you know, and humans. I
0: think there are companies that are making a difference. Right.
1: There are definitely companies. Uh Some big big companies and small companies. Uh, Big companies uh, have a big impact when they do the right thing. Uh, Greenpeace's Detox Catwalk campaign aimed to—they aim to to identify which apparel giants are fulfilling their promises on going green. Because there's a lot of greenwash, you know that happens. Uh, Over three years of research, Greenpeace broke the results down into three classifications, which I find pretty interesting. Avant-garde, Boy, we have a French theme going on, uh, and haute couture, no, uh, companies that are leading the way in their toxic free reproduction, uh, Evolution Made, these companies are committed to Wait adjusting. Wait a minute, did you
0: say toxic reproduction? <laughs> toxic free production. Did okay, I say reproduction? So I don't know, but it sounded like reproduction. Endangered feces, no. Do <laughs> you want to redo this? No, no, I think okay. that's
1: too good. Okay. Okay. Um, So that's toxic-free production. Um, (laughs) Evolution mode, companies that are committed to adjusting their practices but need to be more vigilant in meeting sustainability goals. And faux pas. What is the (laughs) French? Again, with the French. Companies are moving in the wrong direction of their toxic-free goals, not taking responsibility for their contributions. But there are companies that are doing really good things. Um, even H&M became uh, a little more conscious. Uh, They have a conscious line featuring apparel and cosmetic items that are sustainably
0: produced. Go H&M! Okay, and then, hey Meg, you know stuff about Patagonia. Give us a little word on them. Well, Well, Patagonia is so interesting, and over the last few years, they have really shifted a lot of their marketing, even their manufacturing strategies, to be all about sustainability by creating uh, products that are made to last so they might be a little more expensive and they're going to tell you right that up right up front mm-hmm. but it's going to last you right much much longer than anything else and and they obviously in so many different programs that they do uh, with communities and for nonprofits that are supporting wildlife and nature and all the goods. All the goods. It's a good It's a good company. It's a great company. And I kind of just mentioned here this company that I was introduced to a few years ago called Icebreakers. And it's a company in New Zealand. This guy started, I can't remember his name. I interviewed him, and it was very challenging because, you know, New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah. cool. So anyway, they make really fine wool-wicking, like, sports clothing, sweatshirts, socks. All kinds of ski, you know, long underwear kind of stuff, right? So all wool, but it's very fine. So anyway, you would buy a cl- piece of clothing from them and it came with a tag that was called a barcode. Ba code. ram you. you. Anyway, and and the whole thing was that you could input your barcode into <laughs> your computer or if you're from Boston, your yeah. barcode. Your barcode. <laughs> <That's laughs> and it. and it would take you to the, literally the sheep that was sheared for this in the farm, and you'd meet the farmer, you could see a video. It was kind of cool. You know, the concept being about transparency. And meet the bald sheep. You know, mm-hmm. so it was fascinating. I don't know that they do that anymore, mm-hmm. but I love the idea, and I just had to mention that. It, and that is a big thing in the fashion industry is the transparency. Cool. So, well, you good. know, there are a few other companies that are doing good things. a company called Hope. Mm-hmm. There's a company called Alternative Apparel. Mm-hmm. There's a good one called Everlane, uh, Agate, A G A A T I, and and I know a couple of other ones that were underwear because I did this whole this whole show about cotton, organic cotton underwear. Undies. yeah, yeah. important. Uh, Brook there is I one of my favorite underwear companies. Anyway, so they're out there, people. You got to do some homework, and we encourage you to do that. And if you look at the Green Diva site, you'll find if you just search fashion. It's a treasure trove of information. So, you know, we we mentioned thrifting before as one way of reducing your fashion footprint, if you will. <laughs> And we had spoken a couple of years back to Bianca Alexander. She's an Emmy Award winning TV journalist. She's a vegan certified yoga fashionista. Goat she, yoga? No. Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh-huh. Creative director and host of Conscious Living TV. She has some things to say about this. You know, I think the first thing is really thinking, About what we're consuming and what do we need? Do I need to go out and buy that new item of clothing, whether it's you know made from organic cotton or not? You know the the energy um, and the carbon footprint that we create just by you know manufacturing something new and supporting that is something that can be avoided by simply not buying new things. And so, uh, repurposing clothes is is a big piece of of that um, opportunity. But I think we have to of a taboo about wearing old clothing or, you know, being seen in the same outfit twice. And that's something that I definitely think about, you know, particularly being on camera. But there's a way to repurpose what we've got in our our closets with a little bit of styling tips. You can create brand new outfits. We just had so much more material we wanted to share with you, so apparently there's going to be another fashion show for you. Get it? Fashion show?
1: Apparel. Apparently. Apparel. Apparel. Okay.
0: So we hope we have brought you some interesting information, and now we're going to leave you with a fun little poem about a shirt Mm -hmm. and some really cool quotes that Max found. Max found all of this, Mm. by the way. She's the best.
1: Now, you, you have to do the, the one by about my shirt, because you,
0: you spoke about your shirt. My shirt, which I will not let go of yet, even though it's in tatters. So. Okay, so this is a poem by an ex. hello. Thank you. Langozy. Thank you. It's called My Shirt. My Shirt. I wear it everywhere I go, in the sun or in the snow. It changes colors every day. I wear it to sleep. I wear it when I play. It's never too big. It's never too small. It keeps me from not wearing anything at all. Sometimes it has crazy symbols and letters on it. Sometimes it looks so cool, everybody wants it. It changes color like my mood. It keeps my body from being nude. I wear it in blue, yellow, and green. Sometimes in red when I'm feeling mean. It keeps me cool, it keeps me warm. In the shower is the only time it's not worn. It can be filled with sweat or dirt, but I'll always love my shirt. So um, we have
1: some quotes, you know, about fashion. We try to throw things in like that. I'm going to do a couple of them, a few of them. Um, First one. In difficult times, fashion is always outrageous. This is by Elsa she up really. And to me, there's so much outrage these days that uh, it fits pretty well with what's going on in the world, which is totally nuts.
0: Maybe that explains Lady Gaga. Ah, Lady Gaga, love her. Wearing her meat suit. Uh, love, love her. Yeah, I don't, yeah. And here's a quote by Betsy
1: Johnson Girls do not dress for boys, they dress for themselves, and of course, each other. If girls dress for boys, They just walk around naked all at all times. (laughs)
0: It's so true. (laughs) It's so true. Guys are like, what's with the clothes? You don't even need them. You don't need the clothes. Come on, take them (laughs) off.
1: Take (laughs) them off. It's so true. uh, Here's another one. This is by, by Yves Saint Laurent. These are all designers, as you can tell. Over the years, I have learned that what is important in a
0: dress is the
1: woman who's wearing it.
0: You've been listening to the Fifty Shades of Green, a collaborative gig between the Green Divas and the Many Shades of Green radio shows, happily recorded at Green Diva Studio. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts and the Many Shades of Green on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, among other places. You can find more information about this show and much more on thegreendivas.com.